Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. There's something about Christmas that I just love. It, um, it's, it, my birthday is October 29th, and then right after that, I kind of, we have Halloween, and then we get right into the Christmas season. So I, I'm the guy who's in line for the Christmas drinks at Starbucks, November 1st or 2nd, whenever they set up. Uh, Amanda and I, we set up our Christmas tree early. It's already set up. We do that partly because our whole married life in BC, we lived in basement suites, so it just added extra light in our room. Um, but we've already been watching pretty much every Hallmark Christmas movie that, uh, that's been new this year. And Christmas is just special because it's also, it, it brings back all these memories. And I think that's my favorite part of it, is it brings back this, these memories and these significant moments of, of relatives who, who are maybe no longer with us, or the way that our parents used to do things, and that excitement as a kid that you're just ready to, to get up Christmas morning and rip into some presents. And if I were to even just ask for some of your favorite highlights or traditions or moments, I'm sure you could probably name them off, or at least a couple, pretty quickly. It was interesting, too, because in the, the uh, BC, when I was a youth pastor, I actually took our youth group. We, we went out to several families' homes, and uh, these kids, they had a list of questions they had to ask some of these other older people from our congregation. And they, one of the things they had to ask was, what were their Christmas traditions? And what was amazing is we had a fairly large European um, influence and culture within our church. And there were so many different traditions with uh, fruits and with the time they celebrate. My in-laws, uh, they're Ukrainian and German, and we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. We do the whole gift giving and everything, uh, which works out good for family complications because my family does Christmas morning. Uh, but even that, like my dad, I never knew this as a kid growing up, but he never wanted presents under the tree at all. So I would go to bed on Christmas Eve, and I had no idea where he hid these presents. Like, my brother and I climbed into the attic. We looked under everything possible, and he would wait for us to go to bed, and then he would go downtown Hamilton and visit with his parents, and that's where he had kept all of our presents, and they had wrapped them down there, and he would visit with them after midnight, and then he would come home while we're sleeping and put them all under the tree. So on Christmas morning, we would just wake up to a whack load of presents that we had no idea how they got there. And it was pretty incredible, to that excitement and that anticipation. And I think that's what helped me really fall in love with the season of Advent. Now, Advent doesn't technically start until next weekend. Um, but... I wanted to use tonight as an opportunity to kind of go into what does Advent mean? What, what does this season hold for us? And why do we celebrate it? Because actually, I never celebrated it growing up other than I had my Advent calendar, which just meant I had a piece of chocolate for dessert, and it was a countdown to Christmas. But as I started as a youth pastor, I really started leaning in and embracing the season of Advent and discovering that, you know what, it's actually so much more than just a countdown to Christmas. And in fact, 
What I discovered is Advent is the beginning of our church calendar. Now, some people might not even be aware the church has a calendar, um, but we actually do. And I have a graphic of it right here. And this here is, in a nutshell, a graphic of our church calendar. So we have Advent right here, which is December, and it's the season of anticipation. We go into Christmas, which celebrates the incarnation. This is God becoming flesh, the immortal becoming mortal, a God who's beyond us coming among us. And that's where we also get the song 12 Days of Christmas, because this is usually celebrated for a period of about 12 days. Uh, we have Epiphany, which is revelation, which is God kind of revealing the, his, his mission on earth and um, his kingdom that he's bringing forward. Then we have Lent, which is more popular, and you probably see it because every year on Facebook, people announce what they're giving up for the next 40 days. So that's Lent. And then Easter, we celebrate resurrection. That, yeah, Jesus was born, but he also was crucified, buried, and rose again. And we celebrate that he's still living, that he's still active, and we can walk in and step into this resurrection life. And then one thing that our church tradition doesn't often do a great job of is actually Pentecost, which is ascension. So we talk a lot about the resurrection, but I know... I'm just as guilty of it, is that Pentecost is actually the ascension of Jesus. He's, he's been raised from the dead, but then going up to sit at the right hand of God, and then the Holy Spirit coming down and pouring out onto us. And it, it's pretty remarkable because he even says that, you know what, I, I'm going to give you something better than my physical presence. He's telling his disciples this. He's like, I'm giving you the gift of my spirit. I'm giving you a helper that's actually going to assist you and empower you, enable you in order to live out this new kingdom, in order to live out these, these values that are often countercultural to what our world values. And then th that first half is the story of Jesus focusing on, on his life and then Underneath, we have the rest of the year, which is known as ordinary time, which just is also an important season to just walk through the ordinariness of, of life as it continually grows and changes and gets older and just reminds us of the natural seasons and changes that we experience year after year. But let's get back to Advent. So what is Advent? I have a quick video clip that I'm going to show you. This is the season of Advent. But what does that really mean? A calendar with doors, each hiding a piece of candy. Wreaths with candles. Gifts. Candy. Trees. What Advent's really about is waiting. Advent is the purposeful season of waiting that prepares us for the coming of Christ. In fact, that's where the word Advent originates, the Latin word for coming. Advent helps us look ahead with hope for his second coming. It also helps us slow down in the materialistic hustle of the holiday season so we can share in the spiritual longing for the coming of the Messiah. This Advent season, 
How will you take time out of your busy holiday rush to reflect on what the birth of Jesus means to you? How will his promised return impact the way you live this season? Loving others around you. Encouraging those lacking hope. Bringing joy to the broken. Seeking peace where there is strife. Ultimately, Advent is about embracing the fact that our Savior came to earth and is with us every day. So this season, let's prepare our hearts to celebrate Him. How will you prepare yours? So Advent is about waiting. It's about this anticipation and preparation. But I'm going to be honest with you because this is where I struggle with Advent. Because I don't like waiting. I just, there's an aspect of waiting that's uncomfortable. Um, it, first thing off the top of my head is it reminds me of back in the dating days when you're in the, a relationship and then you get the phone call that's, it, it's, they seem hesitant and a little distance than the, the distant, and they say the four dreaded words of, we need to talk. And they never say, let's talk now. It's always like, let's talk later. And you're like, Ugh! and you have to just wait for this unknown, like, what's going to happen? And I don't know, maybe I had a traumatic experience tied in with that, and that's why I hate waiting. But uh, that's what's coming to my mind. But there, there's this aspect of waiting that you have to actually sit there with your emotions, and you have to feel things that are uncomfortable. And actually, as I was writing this message, I had a counseling appointment this past week, and on Thursday, I was meeting with my counselor, and ironically enough, I was actually having a really hard time just sitting, listening to God, praying, and trying to write something on paper to share with you tonight. And I started sharing with her. I'm like, oh my goodness, like I just, like give me a task list. Like sometimes I just can't stand having to write a message week after week. And, and she said, well, what are you working on? And I said, I'm, I'm writing on Advent where we're like preparing ourselves and waiting. And, and as I was explaining what I was wanting to share with you, I realized that I myself was struggling to even do that. Uh, Trevor texted me because he was going to help with setup here, and because I, I was having a tough time writing, I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to come here early and set things up because it's something tangible I can get my hands on and do. But Advent causes us to wait. And I actually think there's something beautiful if we can push into that and lean into that. Because each of these candles represent love, hope, joy, peace, and we have the Christ candle. And I think the beauty of it is when we can actually push through some of those, those feelings, when we can lean into some of the difficulties that we're going to have to face then just like this I spy concept, we actually begin connecting the dots and we start seeing where God's at work. But you know what? It's sometimes tough to focus on the aspect of hope 
when you've had a season that just seems so utterly hopeless. Or it's hard to, to focus on joy when there, there doesn't seem anything joyful about the season. And in fact, you have to sit with some emotions of losing loved ones this past year, of struggling through setbacks and loss of jobs, or peace. Like the peace candle, we're going to talk about peace next week. Oh man, I can't wait because that one I probably find my biggest struggle with. Like we're, we celebrate peace on earth, goodwill to men, and, and if we were to describe our world, would anybody use the word peaceful? Like just to flip on CNN or Fox News or whatever news channel you prefer, we won't get into that. Peaceful would not be something that is a very accurate descriptor of it. So what does it mean that Jesus then is the Prince of Peace? We have to sit with that tension. And then love. It, it can be heartbreaking. So to actually sit and look for where God's love is present in our midst, in our communities, we sometimes have to push through some pretty hard feelings. But I think that's the beauty of Advent. Because, yeah, we may need to be uncomfortable, but we're reminded that we celebrate a God who is with us. And regardless of your life situation, regardless of what this past year has held, whatever you're facing, God is still with you. Advent is waiting, it's pre preparing, it's paying attention to notice God in our midst. The Bible reads in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Stillness, it's a difficult thing. Like, for me, I just want to keep going. I want to get into the hustle and bustle of Christmas because it helps me avoid other things. But Advent, when we lean into this season, it reminds us to slow down, to pay attention, to prepare, and to wait. So Henry Nouwen, he has this to say about waiting. How do we wait for God? We wait with patience. But patience does not mean passivity. Waiting patiently is not like waiting for the bus to come, the rain to stop, or the sun to rise. It's an active waiting in which we live the present moment to the full in order to find there the signs of the one we are waiting for. Waiting patiently always means paying attention to what is happening right before our eyes and seeing there the first rays of God's glorious coming. Man, it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Like I read that and I'm like, oh, I love it. But I wake up to a new day and I fill my schedule and my task list with things to do. But in this season, I want to encourage us all to go on this journey to be still and to know that he is God and that God is with us. You see, God came down to earth at Christmas 
to remind us that he's always with us. So it doesn't matter whether or not you believe it. It doesn't matter whether or not you feel it. It just is. God is with us. The Bible says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. God is all around. God is at work. But we need to connect with him. We need to tune into him, dial into his presence moment by moment. And it's a skill that has to be learned. It's a skill that has to be cultivated and one that I'm on a journey to cultivate myself. But it requires us to be still, to wait, to pay attention. But what I also love about this is that it's not a challenge for me to to do better, to try harder. It's not saying, okay, Kevin, just be more of you. Like, it, it's not about me. This is, this is about God being with me. And it, it's about me needing Jesus day after day after day and being filled with his spirit because let's be honest, we don't need more Kevins on the road because that would be chaotic. Or we don't need more Kevins in the, in the mall Christmas shopping because that would turn into a fit of rage sometimes. Ugh. We need more Jesus. I, I need more Jesus that, that I'm being filled with his spirit so that I'm actually leaning in and recognizing his peace, hope, joy, love, recognizing his presence that, that I can actually offer more of Jesus. My, my ministry is my relationship with Jesus. And if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I don't have a ministry. And that doesn't just go for me being a pastor, but that goes for all of us. Our ministry is our relationship with Jesus. Our ministry to our friends, our family, our coworkers, whoever, it's our relationship with Jesus. That's what we have to offer people. That's the hope that we have to offer and that he's coming. We celebrate that he came, but we also celebrate that he's coming again. You see, I actually believe there are three Advents we celebrate. The first one is the remembrance of his first coming, that Jesus came as a baby to be with us. The Old Testament, they, they expectedly um, looked for the advent of God's forever king, the anointed one, the one who would bring peace to his people. It was Jesus. And I want to get carried away with already going on to next week, but again, what these guys were looking for, sometimes that's the hardest part. Like, if I just told you what to look for in here, well, actually, this book does it. It says, look for a key. It doesn't describe the key. It doesn't give you a picture of a key. And that's much like what we have as we're looking for these signs of God at work in our world and in our midst is we're looking for these things. And the Old Testament people were looking for this, the Savior and someone who would overthrow the, the kingdom and the rulers because the boot was already on their neck. They're paying a 90% tax rate. So they're looking for the Savior to come and overthrow things so that they can put the boot then on their neck and flip it over, but Jesus doesn't come in that way. He comes in as a baby into a manger. And we have this story of this pregnant teenage girl who gives birth to the, the savior of the world 
in a lonely stable, and it's lasted the test of time, and we celebrate it year after year. Because the story doesn't end there. There's the second advent, which is Christ's return, Christ coming back. When he comes to make all things right, when he comes to bring wholeness and perfection and completeness, and we live in this already not yet kingdom of God, and and that's why it's uncomfortable. That's why there's tension, because we know how things ought to be, and we have this yearning and desire in our heart that, yeah, we, we have hope. We, we, there is peace that's offered. There is love and joy. But God is still at work reconciling, renewing, and restoring all things. But at his second coming, he restores it all to perfection. So we live in this already not yet kingdom, but then there's a third advent, And the third advent is Jesus coming into our hearts and transforming our lives daily. And that's kind of this whole idea that you don't need more Kevin, but you need Kevin filled with Jesus. We need Jesus. In fact, that Christmas is when we truly focus on and celebrate that we're not alone. God came to be with us. This is what's known as incarnation. Jesus becoming incarnate, becoming man, becoming fully human. And this is what we celebrate as the greatest Christmas gift ever given. Is that that God gave his son so that we could be forgiven, reconciled in relationship with him. And I just find it amazing that God chooses to be with us. Because you know what? It's actually when I'm sitting in the midst of the tension and I'm facing some of the darkest parts, and the darkest corners and areas in my life that I actually meet Jesus there. And I realize I'm not alone. I don't need to be ashamed. I don't need to carry guilt. He loves me. He forgives me. He invites me. To receive him. Again, oftentimes it's in the hustle and bustle of the season that we forget he's there at all. Can we change that this Christmas? Can we journey together this this whole do you see what I see concept of I want to lean in to actually kind of playing I spy throughout this season and, and walk with one another to see Where's God at work in our community, in our midst right here within our church, but then also within the community of Binbrook and beyond? Are you willing to journey with me, to slow down, to reflect, to look for peace in the midst of Christmas shopping and parties and family tensions, to look for signs of hope in our communities, to look for signs of joy as we gather around tables? to look for love in the midst of our hurting and broken world. So what are you hoping or what are you waiting for this Christmas? What are your expectations? Are you willing to prepare your heart to encounter Jesus this year? So I just want to take a few minutes. I have four questions on the screen. And I just want to 
take some time to slow down and reflect on the season ahead. And I know that I don't do it unless I'm forced to, so I thought, hey, what better time, captive audience, now I can force you guys to. But have you ever thought about waiting as being purposeful? What's the hardest part about waiting? What do you enjoy about waiting? How can we prepare our hearts for the celebration of Christ's birth? And what are you expecting from this season? How could this season of waiting be different this year? So let's just take two minutes. You can just reflect individually, or if you want to talk to someone next to you, go for it, and then I'll close it off in just a couple minutes. Feel free if you want more time or take a picture. Or if you have any questions, too, of anything, also don't hesitate to just ask, like, what the heck does that mean? Because that's a question I ask a lot. But how can we as a church come together to help one another discover and encounter hope, peace, joy, love, to to discover and encounter the person of Jesus? And then how can we take this to the streets and, and share this? with others, share this with our community? What would it look like for us to discover this, to discover these things? But don't just drop them at the end of the Christmas season, but take this forward with us in the year ahead throughout 2019. Because I'm just thinking, what, what would it look like? What would our community look like if we were known to be peacemakers? If, like, th- this community is ravaged with divorce. Like, almost every week I'm hearing of another s- story of a family who are going through a separation. What, what would it look like if we were known as, as so well-known as peacemakers, that people just sought some resolution and, and came to us, or we were able to go to them? How would our community change if people who were hopeless knew that we were the shining light of hope in our community? What would it look like to be known as people who loved others unconditionally? Not just because they believe the same things we do or dress or look like us or act like us or come here on a Saturday, but what would it look like, just unconditional love? But it starts by taking time to encounter the person of Jesus. That's what the Advent season's all about, to prepare ourselves, to, to watch, to, to wait for Jesus at work in our midst and his return. So guys, I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. I'm so excited for the community that's continually forming and taking shape here. And I'm just going to transition right into communion now too, because this is an opportunity that we have week after week as we celebrate communion to be reminded and to reorient ourselves to the work of Christ, to what he's done for us, to what he offers us, that on the night he was betrayed, he he knew he was going to be betrayed, that he broke bread, 
And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in the same way, he takes the cup and he says, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood. Drink this in remembrance of me. God is present among us. And I believe there's something powerful that happens when we come to the table, when we come to his table and we participate in communion. It helps open up our eyes to become aware, to become present to his presence. Let's just pray over the elements and as Rob and Val lead us in worship. I invite you to come forward and just grab a piece of bread, a cup, take it back to your seat, and you can take it when you're ready. And we do have gluten-free as well, if there is anyone who needs that. But Heavenly Father, we celebrate you this, this evening, but also this season. It's a, it's a time when we can slow down and, and be reminded that you are with us. You came to be with us. You, you chose to be with us. And you love us. God, I thank you for this season that helps force us to refocus. And I pray that we don't get carried away in the hustle and bustle of what culture has created to be the, the Christmas season. But God, that we become more aware of your presence. Because Lord, we need you more than anything. So thank you for the greatest Christmas gift of all. Thank you for hope, peace, joy, love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We continue to worship you now. In your name.